Here we go. Welcome in, everyone. Final Score Podcast. Uh, still rolling strong here in 2020. Eric Swatak here with you. And on this week's episode, we'll chat with Catoctin girls basketball coach Amy Entwistle. The Cougars are uh, having a very fine season, 12-3 and three overall. And uh, they're, they're rolling right now and, and hope to make a deep run in the, in the playoffs. So we'll, so we'll talk to Amy about uh, her team and, and her career, too. Uh, she's been at, at Catoctin for, for, for quite some time. So we'll talk to her about her passion for her job and, and, and why she loves what she does uh, so very much. Uh, but first, we'll welcome in FMP Sports writer Joe Ferraro uh, to discuss uh, the county basketball scene overall. Joe, I, you, you saw a big game this week, uh, Middletown Oakdale Boys, uh, two, two yep. of our best boys basketball teams, and, uh, and Middletown uh, turned the table on Oakdale uh, uh, this time. They lost to them pretty handily early in the season, but um, uh, they, they, they came... Um, they came back and, and they knocked Oakdale off on their home court uh, this week. Uh, just what was the difference in that game? Well, and, and this is something that Coach uh, Kaimik talked about at the beginning of the season, get, getting all their football players who are on the basketball team, just you know, getting their basketball legs uh, under them uh, again. I think, I think that combined with the fact that you know they they'd actually been struggling a little bit shooting the ball. Uh, you know, had had a couple of tough games against uh, Tuscarora and Frederick. You know, didn't shoot the ball well, and um, things didn't go well for them. But uh, you know, they they turned that around in, in in their previous game against Brunswick, and and boy, they uh, they, they carried it over in uh, against Oakdale, and really <laughs> it seemingly. Could could not miss uh, a shot that day. I mean, everything they took, uh, it seemed like it was, it was going in. Um, and so, so yeah, just the hot shooting, you know, combined with the fact that you've got you know, all these guys that that played football, you know, guys like uh, like Brian Walker, uh, Jalen Husky, Reese Poffenbarger. The, these are guys that, that now have their basketball legs uh, back under them. Yeah, and Oakdale hangs its hat on playing defense too. So for a team to yep. shoot that well against Oakdale, I mean that that that's that's saying something. That that's that that says something. And you know, Oakdale, you know, gosh, it, it stretches back, you know, eight, nine, <laughs> ten years. That usually you know, one thing they they hang their hat on is, in, in general terms, they they play harder, you know, than you. You know, they're they're going to go up and. And uh, they're going to muscle you on the boards. They're going to body you up and force bad shots. They're just uh, a really tough team. And and I think that that particular day against Middletown, you know, Middletown, you know, didn't you know exceed that toughness. But uh, I, I'd say they they definitely matched it. And so that that was another uh, another reason for that win. Is is Middletown a threat uh, to win uh, the two A the two A West? Do you think? I, I think they are. I mean, if they could play, if they could play like that, and you know, you show that, that that same kind of intensity on the on the defensive end of the court, um, I absolutely think they can. Yeah, I mean, because you have Oakdale, and they're, they're always there. Uh, there's Williamsport uh, with with their fine player uh, Lincoln Ball, and then they have a talented team. They beat Oakdale earlier in the season. Uh, Middletown has a win over Williamsport too. So Williamsport is kind of a hard team to figure out because they've beaten some good teams and they've lost to some good teams too. So yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that whole that whole Gambrel division. I mean, in in past years, I mean, o- Oakdale's always been very very strong. But you know, you you could make the argument that you know that whole Gambrel division. Uh, 
it it could be um you know if not if not better at least as good as the as the spires division which i think in previous years you you definitely make the argument that the that, that the spires um, in terms of you know overall depth you know was, was probably better than than the gamble division but but now you look at that gamble division you've got uh, Middletown and Oakdale, uh, we talked about them. You've got Catoctin, which also has a win over Williamsport, uh, you know, this year. So, um, uh, so, so you you add them to the mix, and yeah, it's uh, it's pretty tough. And then, and then uh, here here's um, you know here's Walkersville. You've got Catoctin having having beaten Williamsport. Here here's Walkersville you know, beating, beating Catoctin and, you know, for them to be at 500 in the division standings, that's uh, actually, that's actually pretty good, you know, considering the, you know, the level of competition in that division. Right. The, the, the Spires defense, a lot of those teams are buying in the, in the three, a West. I, I guess Ligonor is, is a little in front of the pack in the, uh, yep. in, in, in the three, a West. And I guess the teams on their heels would be teams like, Tuscarora, Frederick, and Frederick, yeah, yeah, the, the, those two right there. But but is Lincoln Head and Shoulders the the team to beat in the three A West? Do you think? Or uh, I mean, in terms of county teams? Yeah, I mean, right now I'll, I'll give them an edge. Uh, I don't know about Head and Shoulders. Um, you know, you've got you know teams like Frederick. Uh, we were talking about Middletown. The, you know, but both of those teams, Tuscarora and Frederick, uh, uh, beat Middletown this year. So. So that, that that just goes to show how how strong they are, and actually, um, uh, Tuscarora uh, played Oakdale, and and they he only lost to them by by a point this this year. So, um, so Tuscarora a very tough schedule this year. So, so yeah, this this is this is the most uh, parity I, I've seen in in a while. In these past couple of years, it's been you know Oakdale. And TJ, you know, the, those two teams, you know, were the, you know, the class of, of the CMC. Now, gosh, you got, you know, uh, seven, eight teams, you throw them in a hat and, you know, one, one can beat the other on, on any given day. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty fun to watch. Here's the thing that we don't know. We, we don't know how the playoffs are going to shake out because before right. it was just the regional playoffs. All you had to do was win the region and you're in the state semifinals. Now we have this layer of state quarterfinal where they're right. going to reseed and you're not to, and to get to the state semifinals you might have to face a team and beat a team that's outside of your region. So yeah. so will one of our teams whether it be 2A West, 3A West, Catoctin in 1A um will, will they run into say like a Baltimore a very talented Baltimore City or or, or sure. county school before they even get to the state semifinals so that is like the great unknown before yeah. all you had to do was win your region you knew who was in your region you were well scouted within your region but now in that quarterfinal round you could be matched up against a number of teams mm-hmm. right and that really adds a layer of uncertainty like will Oakdale get to the semifinals it or Middletown, whoever wins that tough two-way West, right? Who knows? Because who are they going to face in the quarterfinals? Sure, and you know I haven't looked too far into you know the quality of you know outside the region, but you know just going on on history, yeah. If if you have um, you know Oakdale having to face uh, hypothetically a team like a like a Newtown, you know, which which is you know you know very good, or or you know Catoctin having to having to face. Um, a team like uh, like a Dunbar. I mean, you, you get a bad draw, 
and you, you could be you could be out of there, you know, uh, before that state semifinal round. Right. And uh, on, on the girls' side, uh, uh, we're we're going to talk to Amy about her Catoctin team uh, in just a minute. I, I think they're a factor in in, in Class One A uh, for sure. Uh, you have the Frederick girls who are yep. going for state title number four, and and their defense seems as as strong as ever. Um, and and they're they're going to be tough to beat. And then you have Middletown, the, the state finalist last year. Uh, look very strong. Their only loss this season is to uh, is is to Frederick. Um, so so I I think those three we we could have maybe on the girls side we'll we'll have more contenders for st- for state titles than on the boys side. I, I'd agree with that. But um, again, it, it, that that state quarterfinal round sort of throws a wrench in everything. <laughs> sure does. Who, who, are, yep. who are the, who are you going to get matched up with? Like, well, could Frederick see like a Milford Mill or or or, or someone like that? Yeah. Um, in, in the uh, quarterfinal round. So, I mean, and, the, and you're down to the final eight teams in the state, so all those teams you are, are good teams to have advanced that far. So Sure. So, so uh, you just never know. But um, but Middletown, Frederick, and Catoctin on the girls' side, I think, um, all, I think they're clearly separated from the pack. Um, uh, 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 this season, uh, I guess you have teams like Oakdale who gave Middletown a, a game, uh, this week, uh, they, they were in it. I think they were ahead at halftime. So yep. can, Oak, can Oakdale maybe surprise someone in, in, in the playoffs? That's possible. Walk, Walkersville, um, doesn't seem as strong as they typically are, uh, uh, uh this season. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know if anyone locally will be able to push Frederick, um, just because they're, they're so far ahead of the pack. I like Tuscarora's team. I, I think they have a nice, um, athletic team, but, um, and, and they gave Frederick a game, but the problem is they missed a bunch of layups and a bunch of free throws and, and, and they wound up losing by, uh, by 10 or 15 points or so. So, yep. Uh, it's uh, we're it's crazy to think that we're already at the end of January and 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 the playoffs yep. are about two or three weeks away and 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 we'll be gearing up for all this stuff. So, Joe, as always, thanks for coming in. And when we come back here on the final score, we will chat with Catoctin Girls basketball coach Amy Entwistle. Stay tuned, everyone. It is time now to say hello to Amy Entwistle, head coach of the Catoctin Varsity Girls basketball team. Thanks for coming in, Amy. Really Thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you guys are in the midst of a great season so far. Uh, Twelve and three overall, six and three in the CMC. It's Gamble, right? Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, is that sort of what you envisioned with this group? Um, well, this is definitely a special group. Their work ethic um, is incredible uh, in season and out of season. Um, they have a, such a positive attitude. <clears throat> and we might not uh, be deep in numbers. I mean, we only do have 10, 10 girls on the team, but we are deep uh, with ability um, and experience. Even with five sophomores, even our, our five sophomores are young, but they're experienced in what they do out of season with AAU, summer league, getting in the gym on their own. So we are 10 deep uh, with ability and work ethic and attitude. Um, so it's a coach's dream to get to coach 10 girls like this. I may be paraphrasing a bit, but your motto is 10 strong, right? Ten, yeah. 
10 strong. We have a lot of different mottos, um, but 10 strong is, is something that we definitely uh, empath- emphasize um, because, I mean, every day is a battle. Practice is so much fun because you have 10 girls that are com- competing no matter what the drill is or the competition is. Um, it, it's just exciting and fun, and they make each other um, better every single day. Yeah, you love having a talented team, but but 10 is not a lot of players for, for a basketball team, so you really can't afford any, any injuries or anything like that. What, what, what are the challenges with such a small roster? Well, yeah, I mean, there are things that come up. Um, people get sick. There are injuries. Um, there are things, you know, that come up uh, where you might not have a player or two, and so absolutely um, it is difficult. Sometimes practice, coming up with a practice agenda can be challenging if you do know that you're down to eight or nine girls but it comes down to the girls want to be there they want to work hard they want to get better um and and that's what that's what matters they they are making each other better every single day because they're competing in everything that they do and the best part of it is is even though they're extremely competitive they are the most loving genuinely love each other group um that that I've been around they they don't care who gets the spotlight. Um, they are just so excited about winning as a team. And one game it could be Courtney Eiler. The next game it could be Emma Weivel, uh, Emily Williams. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're just excited for their teammates when they do well, and they don't care who gets a spotlight. So that's fun to be around too. Yeah, what, what's the one quality about this team that you, you really appreciate? Oh, there's so many. I don't know if I can narrow it down to one. Um, but but I would have to say their genuine genuine love for each other. I mean, they truly are a close group on the court, off the court, um, extremely unselfish, um, are willing to completely give 100% to what their role is, even if their role is different than it was the game before. Um, and, you know, if one girl has the hot hand one night, then we're, we're going to look to feed her, and then the next night it might be someone else. And there's no jealousy there. They're unselfish. They compete. I think family. Family is the word that comes to mind. Um, and we have family across. Our, our chest of one of the shirts that we got this year and we mean that I mean um, it, it's about the relationships and these girls have are really connected and have been playing a while together uh, with each other too so that helps but we are we are family we're not just a team we're a family right I, I saw you play at uh, Clear Spring uh, a week or so ago and that was a rather comfortable win for you guys but the next night you guys had a game and you had that one circled because it was Williamsport yeah. and uh, Williamsport got you by, by a couple by of points, points. Er, <laughs> earlier in the season and then you went to Williamsport and, and, you, and you won that game. Uh, so, so you avenged that earlier loss. What, what, what did that mean to you and the girls? Yeah, that meant a lot. I mean, we're focused not just on winning, but getting better at the little things every game. And not just every game, every practice. You know, you, you could come out with a win and not necessarily feel good about that win if you didn't do the little things and didn't get better in the process. And this whole thing is a journey. I mean, the, the, the journey is the goal. Um, and so, again, I mean, we're preaching again tonight at practice. Hey, we got to get better at this little thing because in the long run it could lead to something bigger. Um, so that win felt good, not just because we won, but I felt like we played better defense this time around. We executed better on the offensive end. We did a much better job of pushing the ball in transition, much better job of boxing them out because they do have a good bit of, uh, of height over us. So, um, yes, the win felt good, but knowing that we were able to do the little things better the second time around um, is what we're focused on. Well, when you say little things, could that mean anything, or are there specific little things that you're working on? <laughs> well, if you ask my girls what wins games, they'll say defense. Um, they're pretty well trained at that. But, yeah, the little things. So keeping your girl in front of you, not popping up, sitting low on defense, closing out low, cutting off the baseline. A lot of it does come down to defense. Um, you know, even setting screens, making sure that you're at the proper angle and you're coming off uh, shoulder to shoulder. 
Um, so it, every little thing adds up to those big things. Is this a bring your lunch pail group? Is this a group that enjoys playing defense? Oh, they, they do. They do. And if you ask them if we're doing shell drill, what they want to be, they'll automatically say defense. Um, because they know our defense is going to lead to our offense. Our bread and butter is 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 uh, hardcore defense, intense defense, ball pressure, uh, deny the wings, and then we know that will lead to turnovers, which will lead into transition. And we're a fast team, so we want to play to our strengths. So we know in order to get that, that tempo up, we've got to start on the defensive end. Right. One of your best defenders is uh, Emily Williams. Yes. Uh, uh, she's very competitive. She loves she loves that uh, end of the court, but she's also growing and developing on the offensive end, too. And, yeah. and she had a great game against Clear Springs. I think she made four three-pointers in that game, was your leading scorer. I think she's followed that up with some more good offensive games. Just tell us about Emily a little bit. Yeah. I what, what I love, one of the things I love most about being a coach is watching the girls gain confidence and grow, just not as basketball players, but as people. And Emily's a great example of that. Last year, she was brought up um, halfway through the season um, and joined us on varsity because we had a few injuries and she stepped right into the role. And she was a freshman. Yeah, yeah. And she was a freshman, but her role was different than what it is this year. I mean, her role was to play great defense. That's why she knew she was in there. Um, this year now we're asking her to bring the ball up the court and play the point guard position and not just to distribute the ball, but she's got a great shot and she's so quick. I mean, she can get to the basket uh, very quickly. Um, and I think what you see is she's now comfortable and gaining that confidence and seeing what we have been telling her since last year, like you are capable of, of taking a three-point shot and, and getting to the hole. And so she has gained confidence. And that's a testament, too, to her work ethic. I mean, she's another one um, that has put in the hours in the offseason to continue to get better. And she's never satisfied with where she is. She's hungry. And, and they all are. I've got 10 girls that are, are not, not satisfied and are just pushing themselves to get better. And as a coach, you get on players more for not taking shots than, than, than taking a bad shot. What, what's your philosophy yeah, there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we say we got 10 girls that we want to shoot the ball, um, and I don't want to see them hesitating. Now, obviously, if it's a specific situation in which we need to run down the clock, you know, if the 30-second shot clock is off, then we want to only take one shot there and not give the, the team, uh, the opponent, another opportunity to score. Um, but if it's not a specific situation, I'm okay with all 10 of my girls taking a shot. I, I don't want them to, to hesitate. Um, I want them to have that confidence. And that's what I think you've seen um, with with the majority of these girls. Because like I said, every night it could be someone different scoring in double digits. And that's exciting. Right. Your leading scorer is uh, Emma Weibel. Uh, tell us about her. Yeah, she is a competitor. Um, extremely, ex- extremely intelligent um, high basketball IQ and honestly it's like having another coach on the floor and she has aspirations of coaching um, you know I, I think her goal is division one basketball one day she wants to coach it and she thinks like a coach so she's really a, f- a floor general vocal leader out there for us and what I love about Emma is um, she's not afraid to make suggestions and a lot of times what she sees is is a great suggestion and we adapt and we make that change and and that's the type of relationship I, I want to have with my players it's it's not you know one coach running things we are our family we're doing it together and we want their input and, and Emma just sees the floor well it's not just a great offensive threat um, but really does a good job playing defense boxing out grabbing rebounds distributing the ball um, a, a really good all-around player and she's another one that in the offseason she's in not just in the gym for summer league and AAU but will go in the gym on her own for hours and and shoot and so it's uh, amazing to have girls that have natural ability but also don't just rely on that and put in the work on their own because they want it 
and that's such a special thing to have. All right, top rebounder is Courtney Eiler. Yes, I, again, all, all these, all ten of these girls are are special. I feel like I'm repeating myself here, but Courtney Eiler, if if the way that I describe her, if you didn't know who she was and you came to the gym and watched her play for the first time, you would probably make the assumption that basketball is her number one sport, and it's not. I mean, she's going to be a Division one softball player um, at Penn State here in a few years, um, but sh- she's another competitor. Um, she is 100 percent present when she's on that basketball court um i love watching her drive i think it's an art form um i compare her to a running gap that a running back in football that just finds the open gaps she sees it so well um she has a beautiful spin move and then is just able to get to the hole but you look at her size wise and she's not you know an extremely tall player but again rebounding is about heart and she's one of our shorter players yet she's our leading leading rebounder it's it's all heart and effort and she gets in there and she gets in proper position and does the little thing which is make contact boxing out and she's so strong she is so strong um, which is why she's able to get those rebounds right you you mentioned something and you coach at a very small school and and a lot of your players they play multiple sports in multiple seasons they're not necessarily year-round basketball players so right. so as a coach what sort of challenges does that present you coaching in such a small school yeah absolutely i mean it, we we are we have to rely on athletes that are multi-sports and, and and i encourage that we want multi-sport athletes i think that's so important from a developmental st- uh, standpoint and cross training um but yeah um that means that they might not be able to be in the gym as as much as maybe you want them to um but this group as a whole um, was extremely committed in the off season, and Courtney's one of those special players. She's just an athlete. I mean, I, I think she could pick up any sport and would be good at it. But what's a credit to her is when she's at basketball, she's one hundred percent present, and you're going to get everything out of her. Um, and and you see the same thing in the classroom with her. She's just a great kid. All right, a couple of your other leaders I wanted to mention: uh, Lily uh, Gadra, uh, yes, um, Maddie Tobry, and uh, yep. Cheney Bar- Barnhart are all contributing for you. Absolutely. So, so uh, Lily Gadra is another one. Confidence wise, I, I has blossomed. Um, which is what we're all about, trying to build their self-esteem and build their confidence. I always tell them, I wish I could give you you know, my eyes and you could see what I see in you um, because I think it's amazing. And Gadger's a great example of that. She's really known for her shot. She's a great shooter, but what I have really enjoyed watching her play this year is defense. She is one of our best on-the-ball defenders. She, who, she, whoever she's matched up with, they're, they're going to have a difficult night uh, getting the ball, and if they have the ball, she's going to make sure you work extremely hard to be able to get rid of it. And that's what I love about her her defensive game has really, really improved. And she's another kid. You're going to get 100% out of her. Um, Maddie Tobery, such a special person. She was moved up to varsity her freshman year. Her freshman year, we had a series of, of injuries and, and was moved up as a freshman. And Maddie's probably one of the quietest players on the team. But what's where, where she speaks is with example. Um, she is, is the calm, cool, collected one out there. Great senior leadership with that. Um, and when she does speak, her teammates certainly listen. They they respect her so much. But again, another hard worker. And um, again, to see her over the past four years gain confidence. And she's the calm to the storm. You know, if if, if we're having difficulty handling the ball, there's a lot of pressure. We know Maddie is going to settle things. Um, and she's another one too that it will sneak in there and pull rebounds, even though she's not the tallest one on the court. And again, that's all heart. Yeah, she's averaging at three point six a game, so yep. I'm almost four per game. Yep. So, yeah, and she does those little things that necessarily don't always show up in the in the 
uh, stat page. Um, but without her, I mean, we'd be a completely different team. She is just a, a, a huge presence for us. And then Chaney Barnhart, uh, Chaney and um, Courtney Eiler both were on varsity as freshmen. And Chaney's another one. Chaney is, is one of the best help defensive players that we have. And she's taken the most charges on our team, um, which you love for a forward, you know, and Chaney's one of our taller players. She is always where she needs to be in help defense and is ready to help out and take that charge. Um, and her shot has started to 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 uh, to fall too, um, and she's got a beautiful shot. Now she's starting to gain confidence and look more for it. She's got a beautiful baseline shot um, that I love to see her shoot. But she's just another one defensively uh, is is really really hard to go against because she's going to give you trouble. It sounds like a lot of your players got a taste of varsity basketball as freshmen. Yes, so I mean that. Getting that That's experience, yeah. Well, we're, 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 you know, we were young on paper um, with, with five sophomores at, you know, 50% of your team, but but they all have experience, whether it be in the offseason through AAU and summer league and that kind of stuff, um, or or they've been on varsity since their, their freshman year. So uh, we are young, but we are experienced, and, and that plays a, a huge role, especially in those pressure games. I mean, we've, we're battle-tested. <laughs> there have been many games where we have had to, to gut it out um, and and I'm confident and, and have so much faith in them because um, they are experienced out there. They, they know what they're doing. They're, it's like having five coaches out there. Right. Is this a group in Class 1A that can make a run for a state championship? That, yeah, that's the goal. I mean, again, right now we're focused on tomorrow, which is Boonesboro. I mean, we never get ahead of ourselves. Um, so tomorrow the focus is Boonesboro. And not just winning, but again, getting better. Because if we're not getting better, then we're not going to accomplish the long-term goal. So while we do hope that we can do something special come playoff time, right now all of us coaching staff players are focused on who's in front of us right now and right now it's Boonesboro um and so that's that's uh, uh what we're we're going to focus our attention on yeah we're talking to uh, Amy Entwistle the head uh, varsity girls basketball coach at uh, Catoctin High School how many years have you been at uh, Catoctin now Amy 16 16 years yes. wow I have no idea where the time's gone has it felt like 16 years it, it has not it has flown by it, it really really has um you know when I started I was 22 years old fresh out of college um, and it's just crazy to think that here we are 16 years later. I feel so blessed to get to teach and coach um, in that community. It, it, it's an amazing place to be a part of. Our community supports um, our students and our student athletes like none other. I mean, if you were down at the state football game you, to see the community come together, and that's how they, they always it, are. Well, was there anyone left in Thermont? I I, mean, probably not. Right, I mean, yeah. but, that, but that's the exciting part, and they do that with, with all activities. Um, you know, our word is family, and, and that's a prime example. I mean, there's so many people that are involved in the success of this program and the success of this team. It's, it's really a community thing. Right. Um, and we wouldn't be where we are right now if we didn't have that community support. Right. When, when you embarked on this endeavor, did you imagine yourself being here 16 years later? I, I hoped. Um, yeah. You know, and honestly, I, I didn't know much about Thurman. I graduated from TJ um, and we really never played. I think I played them in middle school, but never played them in high school. But then you get up there. I, I still call it the best kept secret in Frederick County. Like I just, my husband teaches at the middle school. I mean, we are, uh, I just love that community so much. They're, the families are amazing. Um, our faculty is amazing. Our administration's amazing. Um, there, there's so much community support. Our CYA program, 
um, the the coaches and parents and families that that sacrifice so much to to make sure that our ca- kids get the best is why we're then able to be successful at the high school. So this this is a community program. We say one team, one program, one family, and and I think that reflects the amazing community that that we're in. And I'm hoping I can 15, 16 more years. Uh, I, I'd love to stay here as long as they'll have me. Yeah. How did you get the job? Um, well, I, I interviewed uh, with Tom Sherald, who actually was at the game the other night. It was so awesome to see. And I'm, I'm so thankful for him that he took a chance on me because here I am, 22 years old, just graduated from Messiah College where I played basketball. And um, they had a teaching position open at Thermont Middle, and they asked if I was interested in coaching. I said, absolutely. Um, and it really, I mean, this was all God's plan. Uh, I mean, I could not have asked for a, a better script. Um, I, like when I say that I feel blessed, I know how blessed I am to get to teach and coach uh, the students that, that I get to work with every day. Right. Well, were you ready to be a coach when you got the job? Well, my original plan was, you know, I figured maybe JV coach, be an assistant coach, you know, get, get a couple years under my belt. But when the opportunity rose, um, I called my dad, who, you know, is a former coach, and said, what do you think I should do? You know, I'm 22, and I'm going to be coaching some girls that are that are 18. And he goes, you can't pass this by. It's such a great community. Um, and like I said, God had a plan. I trusted in that plan, and um, just so thankful to, to still be here. Well, what was the hardest thing about the job when you, when you, when you first started? What did you have to learn? What was the big, steepest learning curve, I well, guess? Well, being, being a first-year teacher and a first-year basketball coach, I mean, that, that's a pretty heavy load. Um, thankfully, I had a wonderful support system, not just with my family, but also with uh, the staff at Thermont Middle and the staff at Catoctin. Um, and I was surrounded by great people. And, and, and that's where we are today. Again, I'm surrounded by great people. You look at the coaches that I, I get to coach with and um, the families that are involved in our program. Um, it's again, it's a community thing. And, and so I had a lot of support and, and that's why it, it's been nothing but a great experience. Yeah. Your, your, your father's a coach. Yeah. How, how did sports, how did basketball, how did that become a big part of your yeah, life? Well, I mean, I remember being five years old and going to his practices and he coached basketball, tennis, um, softball, track and field early on at the middle school he was teaching at. But I just remember growing up, you know, on a basketball court and in a field. And, and you grew he, up in Frederick, right? Uh, yeah. I went yeah. to TJ. Um, and if you know what, if he didn't have a game that Friday night, he would look in the paper and see, you know, who was playing and we'd go to that basketball game and, and we'd watch. Um, and, you know, being from TJ, Tom Dickman, amazing coach, always had amazing program and teams. And so I grew up watching a lot of uh, TJ guys basketball with uh, with my dad. So um, he's a huge influence on why I wanted to become a coach. And now I'm doing the same thing with my sons. I love bringing them to to games and um, and my players are amazing with them. Yeah, is it? Is it- tough juggling motherhood with, with, with coaching. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to sacrifice uh, a little bit. Um, it takes a, a, a small army, I think, to raise kids. And again, I have a wonderful support system with my mom and my dad and my mother-in-law and sister and brother-in-law and, and husband. Um, my, oh my goodness, I owe my husband a lot during basketball season because he, I mean, he brings them to games. He does so much. But I also think it's important for um, your kids to see you do something that you're passionate about. And coaching is something that I'm so passionate, passionate about. And I think it's important for them to see that, you know what, mommy is doing something that she really loves and she's putting a lot of work into it. And, and that's important. I want, I want my kids to see how hard I work, but also to see how much I love my job because then it doesn't feel like a job. I mean, my oldest is up with me at 5 o'clock sometimes on Saturday mornings watching game film. You're, you're, you're up at 5 a.m. on Saturdays? It, yeah. Wow. Well, we got 8 a.m. practice. There's, so, yeah. there's no sleeping in in the Entwistle house. Uh, oh, no. We are, we are up at 5 uh, at least six days a week. Wow. <laughs> well, well, yeah. So what's sleeping in? Seven, six, seven? Yeah, seven thirty-eight on a on a good, but that 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 
good morning. That doesn't happen too much uh, during basketball season. So, um, but again, I'm so thankful for my family support, and I love that my kids get to be a part of it and and see that oh, man, I love what I do. I'm curious what sports you think your kids will play. Um, will they be basketball players, or will, are you? I mean, honestly, I just want them to find something, and it doesn't even have to be a sport. Now they both love sports, but I just want them to find an activity that they love and are passionate about. And to me, team sports are so important, um, or any activities in which you're learning to cooperate and learn learning a work ethic and maintaining a positive attitude through adversity. I think that's so important for kids. Right now, they play football, basketball, and lacrosse. And and honestly, I think lacrosse may may win out a little bit um at least right now if you would ask them my oldest uh seems to be uh really liking lacrosse so we'll see but whatever they do i will be there to support them and again i just want them to find something that they love how, how do you feel about football i mean with all the safety concerns raised about football i mean were, yeah were, were you hesitant to enroll them in football or? absolutely and actually my my husband played football um he went to Linganore and he, he I think he was more hesitant than than me um my philosophy has always been you know my parents my mom's a warrior like me she you know always worried about me getting hurt but she never prevented me from trying something and doing something that I loved and I think that's important um and honestly we've been so impressed with uh with the league that they're playing in um so well coached um that uh I, I don't worry about that um, and you can get hurt in any sport. I had four concussions in basketball. <laughs> I had more. Con- My husband never had a concussion. Wait, and four I had concussions four. in bat? What? You, your head was hitting the floor, or uh, you got well, elbowed? Or? Yeah, or running into a wall. I had two in high school and two in college. So wow. <laughs> My husband played football, had zero concussions, and I'm the one that, that came out with all the concussions. So again, um, you know, and if if that does happen, then we'd have to sit down and have a discussion as a family as to what would be in the best interest of their health. But again, they're so well coached and um, we've just really been impressed with that. Safety has been number one um, for all of their coaches and what they've been teaching them. So um, I, again, blessed to have them in that situation. How did a TJ grad wind up marrying a Linganore grad? I know, right? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Actually, we met, he was a personal trainer at a gym, Fitness First, that my family went to. And um, that's how we, we met yeah. and then he became a PE teacher as well. So we both love sports. We're both competitors. Um, we love working out. Um, so the, the interest in lifestyle, very similar. And he's at Thermont middle. He's at Thermont and, middle. And you're yes. at, Kata- you're at the I'm high school. Kataki, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep, so that's great too, because then we both get to know, uh, the kids mm-hmm. that we're teaching. And like I said, we both love it up there. Your, your days are different too. Like he's at your two separate schools. If you were in the same school, it'd be a different dynamic, right? Absolutely. And, and I think it's good. I think it's healthy in a relationship to, to be separate. That, that, at least, that, that, that's my point. Yeah. yeah at least right. for, at least for us. Like how was your day? You like, you don't know everything about the day at, al- already. Absolutely. So. Um, now I do tell his students to give him a hard time because I do. do know a lot of, absolutely. If I'm not around, someone's got to give him a hard time. Yeah. But no, I think it's a healthy dynamic to be at separate schools and, but I love being in the same community. Right. Did you have a driveway where you, where you shot hoops growing up or how, how did you get shots up as, oh, yeah, as, as, as a young child? Yeah. Absolutely. The, the hoop in the driveway. I was out, I spent many, many of evenings and, and, you know, I'm, I'm back from the time where you went outside and you played until, you know, the street lights came on or mom or dad were yelling, it was come to eat dinner. My sister and I were the only girls on the street. So grew up with a, a bunch of boys and we'd be in someone's driveway, either playing basketball. Or we were in someone's backyard playing football or baseball. And that was so much fun. That was another place of where my love for sports came. 
Um, yeah, so you're around guys, yep. and then not that girls and women can't play sports, but but you off young girls they often are playing with dolls. They're 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 doing yeah, things that not, are considered more girly. You weren't. I, you, I didn't you, fit the stereotype. You, I guess you weren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you weren't a girly girl. It doesn't. Sound no, like, I, yeah. I I was a tomboy, and I th- I think if you ask my family, they would probably still classify me as as that. Um, but yeah, I just love being outside. I love being outside and being active, no and, matter what the sport and, was. And your sister was too. Um, yeah, I, I think she's. She's definitely better with fashion. You know, if I have any fashion questions or (laughs) that kind of stuff, she's much better uh, in in that sense than me. But I I just love being outside and being active. Um, And and I would much rather be doing that than than sitting down. Um, But today is a different society. I mean, with technology and video games, you know, that's a lot different. So we try to get our kids outside as much as possible or even when we're inside, you know, uh, laser tag game, basketball game. I mean, we've got so much so many sports pieces of sports equipment in our house. I feel like we're always running around doing something. And I think that's really important. Yeah, you raise a good point there because I wanted to ask you how you approach that as as a mom. There's so many devices, ways to stay inside. It's a battle. uh, TV. I'm I'm sure you and your husband want your boys to be outside like you were. Yeah. active but but there's so many things pulling them inside how do you sort of handle that as a parent well you monitor it's a balancing act because you do want them to get to know how to use technology because they use it at school i mean we did um you know talk about how much is is appropriate and healthy and so yeah they don't get a lot we try to monitor it you know they get their homework done then you can have you know 15 minutes on the ipad um, for which we're making sure what we know the videos are. They love Dude Perfect. So the Dude right. Perfect is a lot uh, A lot of times what they choose to watch. Um, but, yeah, and we reward them um, with, with technology. But, we, again, we want them out and playing. And, and even if they're not outside, inside um, doing something. And, and typically it involves something running around, like I said, whether it's laser tag or the Nerf guns are out or it's a family basketball game in our foyer. Um, you know, we're, we're a pretty active family. When will your kids have get their first cell phones? At what age? <laughs> well, well, if it's up to my third grader, he'd already uh, have one. Right, that's um, what I mean. There's a lot of pressure yeah. on parents. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get my first cell phone until I was twenty. 21 years old. I remember I got like the Zach Morris type of cell right, phone. Right, it was like a brick. In, it was yeah, a brick. in high school and it was only because I started driving and you put it in the glove department box and if you break down or there's an emergency. Um, no, we're going to hold off as long as possible. Um, you know, maybe eighth grade. <laughs> right. Maybe even, I mean, honestly, so many problems could be solved if, if they weren't on their phones. But there's also practical reasons. You know, we're still with our kids at their ages where we're going to their sports practices you know if we're not coaching them in sports we're still attending and and being there so um that is the one kind of bump in the road and i'm talking to all my mom friends you know when are you going to cave in what do you think is appropriate um and so we'll have to have that discussion once they're in middle school and maybe they're attending a practice where we're not there watching anymore um you know if for safety purposes is important for them to have a phone but definitely not elementary school so they're not going to be happy with that but i think um from our parenting standpoint, it will at least be middle school. Yeah, I mean, your kids aren't old enough to own cell phones. Your players are. How do you handle the social media component that's very prevalent in today's yeah, world? Yeah, and, and again, I mean, that's um, a juggling act. Um, I, you know, I, my players sign a, a contract. As oh, far they, they do? As, yeah, I have them sign a contract because um, grades, you know, they're a student first, athlete second, but also how we're going to carry ourselves. And, and we're big on life lessons. That, to me, again, another reason why I love coaching is is relationship building, but we're all a work in progress, me included. Um, so I learn so much in a season, and, and hopefully my players are too, but a life lesson is, you know, how to be appropriate with social media so you're not putting yourself in a, a bad situation that may prevent you from getting into a college 
college or may prevent you from getting a job. Um, and I think that's part of a coach and a teacher is to help them navigate that. Yeah, because even if you delete something, it, someone screen grabbed it or something, like once you press send, it, it's out there. Right. Yeah. From a parenting standpoint, but also from an educating standpoint, this is a different platform. You know, my parents didn't have to worry about that because it wasn't around. Um, so, you know, we are learning as we go, but I think it's important to, to emphasize self-worth and self-respect, um, and making good decisions and realize that when you do make a decision, it's not just going to impact you when you're part of a team or part of a family, as we call it, it's also either going to have a positive consequence or a negative consequence, um, for the people that you're associated with. So again, and sometimes kids are going to make mistakes and we're here to help them navigate that and hopefully not then make it, um, a second time. So, but social media is something that we do talk about. Right. What, what what the contract that your players sign? What, yeah. what what does that say? Um, it just talks about what your behavior should be in the classroom. You know, our expectations that you should be a, a model student. Um, you're going to maintain, you know, uh, good grades. Um, it talks about social media, not posting anything that would be inappropriate. Um, whether it's about a teammate, uh, somebody else, an opponent, um, anything like that. Um, uh, we talk about attendance, the importance of attending practice, attending school, being in school, just not by a certain time, but you should be there for all four blocks. Um, so again, it's, it's those life lessons that we're trying to instill, um, because we do want our, our program to reflect, uh, that, you know, a, a healthy and strong reputation as, as far as we're not just basketball players, but we want to be young ladies of, of character. Right. Are, are there consequences outlined uh, in, sure, in, yeah. in the contract if, if something goes astray? Absolutely. And again, I mean, everyone is a work in progress and kids are going to make mistakes. And it's our job to, to help them learn from those mistakes and, and hopefully help them make better choices um, in the future. You know, we're not going to turn our back on a, a kid because they've, they've made a poor choice. We're, we're here to help develop you and, and build your character. Right. Are, are the parents that you have of your players, are they... Do you find them to be pretty appreciative of this contract or do some resist oh, and say, no, why, no, why, why, why are my kids signing they're 100% this? Yeah. supportive. I'm, I'm telling you, when I say that I'm blessed up there with the people that I get, to, I get to work with, the parents are included. They're so supportive of our staff, of our team. Um, they help out in so many different ways um, with our program um, that, that they've, they've been nothing but supportive. I, I know how lucky I am up there. Trust me. That's why I want to stay another 15, 16, 16 years, you know, until whenever retirement comes. Cause it's, it's a wonderful community. Do you have other siblings besides your sister? No, just my sister. She's a teacher herself. Okay. Uh, we laugh cause she's five years younger than me, but she's six feet tall wow. and she teaches first grade. So she's got the little ones and you know, me and most of my students tower over me at five four. Now your your dad's a he's a taller he's a taller guy, right? Yeah, a little yeah, bit taller. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And, and your mom is she's average. Uh, I mean, she's taller uh, than me. Everyone uh, in my family is taller than me. Okay, <laughs> so you you weren't like me. You weren't blessed with 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 the height gene. No, so I, and I was that's not. tough in a sport like basketball, right? It is, but you know, and and I say this because you know my my sons are probably not going to be tall either, but it, it, you know, it, it, height doesn't matter. It's the size of your heart. And again, that's another life lesson there. I mean, look at Courtney Eiler and Maddie Tobery. Paige Smith is another girl on our team. Um, height wise is, is not tall, but, um, her heart is so big and, and that's what it's about. I mean, effort, um, work ethic, attitude, and, and, you know, height's just a number. You can't measure the heart and the effort and those things are more important. When did you know you wanted to be a coach? Oh, I knew very early on. Again, seeing my dad interact with his players, and I, f I feel like we still can't go out in public without either a former student or a uh, former player coming up and saying, hey, Coach Murray or Mr. Murray, and, and I love that. And I saw the relationship and impact that he had, and that is something that I wanted to be uh, a part of. So very early on, 
um, I knew I wanted to do that. Uh, a basketball coach? Yeah, or? basketball. I mean, yeah. I played other sports, but basketball, for some reason, just, I mean, it, it was my passion, and it still is. I just love it so much. So uh, do you sort of look at it like the stars really aligned for me? Because here you are, a college graduate. Maybe you weren't expecting to be a varsity head coach that early right but but still i mean the opportunity arose and and it was there for you and when i said when i said god has a plan he really had a plan i mean this was all his doing my faith is a huge part of who i am and what i do and um this was his doing i'm again completely blessed to be in the situation uh that i am especially at 22 years old um you know and 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 again tom sherrill taking a chance on me um, uh, again, so many things did align and it had nothing to do with me or my ability and had everything to do with God and his plan. Right. What, what, what have you learned in 16 years as a coach? I mean, uh, I mean, what didn't you know that you know now? Well, I think as a young coach, you know, you're all about the practice plan and the X's and O's and, and game prep and all of that is so extremely important. But I think the older you get the you realize the most important things are the relationships and the connections and the life lessons. Um, and that's what we're, we're about. And I'm surrounded by a coaching staff that truly, truly believes that. I mean, we now um, our, last year we had our, our girls on Saturday mornings. We kind of did a book study. Um, uh, we read a book uh, by John Gordon called The Energy Bus. This year we're not reading a book. I've kind of combined two of his books, uh, One Word and The Coffee Bean. And again, it's all things that we can apply to the basketball court that will help us become a better team and program, but more importantly, that's going to help us become a better player. So you might hear my players on the sideline, Coffee Bean, or me saying Coffee Bean, um, and that's one of our philosophies this year. If you put an egg into boiling water, it's going to harden. You're, if you put a carrot in, it's going to weaken. You put a coffee bean in, and it's going to change the water. And that's what we're, work, we're working on, not just as a team, but as people. So we're going to, at some point in our life, be put in boiling water. We're going to have a circumstance that we're not happy with. Some people are going to be hard like the egg and get a negative attitude, and they're not going to be able to move forward. Some people are going to break down and make excuses. And then some people are going to be coffee beans, and they change what is going on around them from within. Um, And so we've combined that concept with one word, and the word that our varsity team chose this year was faith. Faith in themselves, faith in each other, faith in the process, faith in what we're trying to do. And so what we want to come out of us when maybe we're in a hostile environment on the court is we want to remember that faith. We got faith in each other. We got faith um, in ourselves. And we focus on the things that we can control. Because in life, there's so many things we can't control. And sometimes we can't control the environment or circumstance that we're in. But we certainly can control how we're going to respond and how we're going to react. Right. You mentioned the energy bus. I've never read the book myself, but I've heard other coaches mention yeah. it. Is that is that the book that talks about getting rid of the negative energy? Yeah, it's about keeping everyone on the bus. You know, you think about it, you get a flat tire and some people are going to get out and you might kick the tire and say a few words, but you're not going to be able to move forward until you change the tire. So you got to change the attitude, right? But you, when you're part of a family and a program um, or, uh, you know, whether you're in career, uh, career and you're, you're surrounded by coworkers, you need everyone on the same page. And it starts with that attitude. And it only takes one negative person, you know, that's focused on the fact that there's a flat tire instead of, hey, guys, let's change it together, get back on the bus and keep moving forward. Um, and so that's what we were focused on last year. Um, and then leading into this year, uh, again, that coffee bean mentality and not just on the basketball court, um, you know, as people and me included. I mean, again, I'm a work in progress. So sometimes my players, you know, if maybe I'm not happy with a, a call that an official makes, you're going to hear someone say coffee bean coach and they're going to hold me accountable just like I'm going to hold them accountable. Have you ever gotten a technical foul? 
I have. I think I've gotten two, but it's been a while. Uh, Hopefully, okay. you're not jinxing me. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to jinx. Well, uh, I'm well, not happy about those two. Uh, so, so you weren't in your coffee bean moment. I was uh, not uh, in my coffee uh, bean. During coffee during bean those moment. times. No, the one. Yeah, the one. I made a comment and just said you blew the whistle before the call was made and got a technical. And I just I should not have said that because again, wasn't being a coffee oh, bean. That that was my first or second year coaching might have been my first year so in 16 and years you've gotten two technical fouls that's a, that's a pretty good average yeah well still, I, shouldn't, yeah. I should have zero right you know that yeah. that's uh, yeah I should but, have zero. but wow you're a work you're, you're a work in progress like you said and no, and, 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 and no one's perfect but do you feel you deserve both technical fouls or I, I or, should not have opened my mouth in that situation uh, so yes okay and then um again because i wasn't focused on what i can control i should have been coaching my kids at that moment instead of saying right. that to the official right right um, but and you, then the second you, one, the second one, I was, I, I was upset, and I think I, I slammed my hands on the floor, which I'm not proud of. Um, right. Uh, so yeah, I shouldn't have done that either. But but, so. you, but you weren't surprised you got either technical. Like you weren't, man. I got teed up, but I really shouldn't have there. Uh, again, I, I was in the wrong in both of those situations. Okay. So I will own that, and I'll learn All from right. it. And hopefully, you're not jinxing, <laughs> jinxing uh, me here. Well, but I, I try to coach my kids. And again, I'm not perfect. Uh, right. um, there are things that I'm not happy with that I'll voice to the officials, and I, sh- I shouldn't. I should. Close my mouth. Well, and well we're, my kids. we're all human, though. So. Yes, yes, yeah. but you know, I also hold my players to those same expectations, and it's up to me to set that that example. But sometimes I don't get that right, and I got a great group of kids and a great coaching staff that will hold me accountable to but, that. But your team is playing so well now, twelve and three overall. There's really nothing to complain to the refs about or <laughs> a- anything, right? Well, so. again, we try to focus on the little things that we should be doing better, right? Um, but again, and we never went, we say that's not an excuse, you know, good, good teams are going to make excuses and not be able to overcome calls that maybe they don't agree with. And, and great, great teams that ignore whatever's being called and go out there and play their game and win because of it. So um, that's never, ever an excuse. And refs are human beings like us. I mean, I, I make mistakes every game. I mean, that's the first thing I do when I get in the, the car after a game, I call my dad because my dad's at most of the games. I'm like, okay, what I do wrong? What should I have, I have done better? Because again, I'm a work in progress. I, I never want to stop being a student of the game. So you don't mind the critiques? You don't. You don't. No, mind I, I the want criticism. them. I yeah, want them. Right. And I, I, I mean, I asked Chris and Jason and Ken, who uh, are assistant coaches. Okay, what, what should I have done better? What, what, you know, whether it's in practice or, or coaching these kids, or you know, did I make a mistake here? Um, I think you have to because we're we're still all trying to learn the game. Um, and I think you know, you look at the most successful coaches um, at all levels, and and they don't stop being students. They they never think that they know it all. And I certainly do not know it all. And and what I love is I'm surrounded by coaches that I'm learning from every day, you know, um, in in Jason and and Ken and Chris. Um, and I also have the legendary Coach Williams. Uh, that man, I'm just trying to be a sponge right now because we only have a couple months left, you know, before he's going to yeah, retire. Yeah, Coach Doug Williams. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, and then Mike Franklin, who is an amazing coach and teacher. So I'm surrounded by. Um, great people every day and I'm just trying to be a sponge and still absorb it. Right. It's interesting because we live in a time where we're thinking pe- people might be a little more sensitive. If you criticize, they might hold on to it longer, take it, take it in a pretty negative way. But, but you don't let it bother you at all. You, you don't, you don't hold on to it. If someone says do better at this or you screwed this up. Uh, yeah. I think, it, I mean, again, it's about having relationships. So, you know, when it's my coaches saying, Hey, we should have done this. Like I know it's coming from a loving place. Cause at the end of the day, we want to put our girls in the best position to win. And so, you know, I'm counting on them. I don't want yes people around me. 
You know, I don't want I don't want coaches are like, yes, that sounds good. Yep, that's I want people that are going to challenge me or say, hey, this might work better um, because this is not a dictatorship. Again, again, our players. I mean, Emma Weibel is a great example. She's making suggestions all the time and I love it, um, you know, because she see th- sees things. And that's something that I really appreciated about my college coach, um, Messiah, Mike Miller. And he's still there. Man, he's what a successful career he, he has had. Um, but I, what I loved about him is he knew a lot of us wanted to be coaches. So he'd stop in the middle of something and say, Hey, you know what, what would you do here as a coach? And he let us think through the process and what a great learning environment to be in. Um, right. from that standpoint. It, it fosters that collaborative atmosphere. Yeah. 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 Again, when we say we're a family, we mean that we, we want to get better. We all want to be successful and it's going to take everybody to be a part of that. Right. Um, have you had to work hard to weed and get rid of negative energy in your program over the course of your career? No, again, I, uh, the fact that I get to, to teach and coach the, this, the students and student athletes that I get to work with, um, when I say it is a blessing, I, I truly, truly mean that. Um, again, they genuinely love each other. Um, they typically have very positive attitudes, uh, work hard. So no, it has not taken uh, a lot of effort or worry or energy to, to have to focus on on that, which again is a coach's dream. If you could sense or feel someone getting too negative or, or witness it, wh- wh- how do you how do you approach yeah, that? The only thing that I really don't like is when they make negative comments about themselves. And again, we're about building strong young women. Um, and so what I get the most frustrated with, and they know it, um, is, is when they say, oh, I'm never going to shoot the ball again, or that was a horrible shot, or man, I'm horrible. Like, those are the comments that I don't like to hear. And so, so I'll have a conversation with them about it. And it's great because now they start to get on each other. Hey, cut that out. You're better than that. Take the next shot. Right. Um, well, we're all too hard on ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest, biggest thing that we focus on is, is again, we want to build these girls' self-esteem and confidence because they are amazing. And, and sometimes they just need to be reminded that, that you have all the ability and capability to do whatever you want. Just keep working hard. Right. How did your time playing at Messiah, how did that shape you as a person and as a coach? Uh, it, huge. Um, that was such a family environment to be in. I mean, we'd spend Sunday at, at Coach's house for a Bible study and his wife would make a, a meal. Um, so, I mean, that was the environment that, that I was in up there. And again, it was a family. No one cared who got the credit. You know, our focus was playing on most of the time, you, you know, you're, you're focused. A a lot of people are maybe focused on the individual stuff and scoring, man, at Messiah, we were focused on the name across our chest, which was Messiah. We were playing for something bigger than just ourselves. And I think that really puts things into perspective. And then to be in such a family um, environment where you're surrounded by people that truly care about you, not just as a basketball player, but as a person that allowed me to grow as a player, as a, as a person and also in faith. It sounded like that provided the blueprint for your coaching career. Oh yeah. And a lot of the lessons that, that either my dad taught me or coach Miller taught me, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pass on, you know, that knowledge and, and those concepts to, to my girls. Yeah. Your father, John Murray, it's been a while since I've seen him. How's he doing? He's doing great. He's loving retirement. Uh, retired he, like does yes. it drive him nuts that he's not coaching <laughs> um i think he enjoys coming and watching uh he's almost at every single one of my game games um my, my mom comes a lot too but he also loves going around to all the grandkids activities and he helps us out immensely with getting the kids now on is, the bus now is he a backseat coach is he coaching from the stands oh is no, he, is, is, mm-hmm. no. Is, no. and what was great it? is you know my dad was an assistant coach on my high school team and again such a wonderful relationship i mean as soon as we got in the car we weren't talking about basketball I mean, and and so to to see that that has definitely influenced, um, you know, the parent that I want to be. And I don't always get that right, but now that my kids are involved in sports, 
you know, the first thing that I try to have come out of my mouth is I loved watching you play because I think a lot of times it's, hey, you did that, you know, you didn't do this, you did this. And, and I, I just want to thoroughly enjoy it. And my parents gave me that platform that they were never on me about you didn't do this or you didn't do that. If anything, they, they got on me is, you know, hey, you showed a little bit of attitude out there. We're not happy with that, you know, type of thing. Um, but other than that, they were just so supportive. So, again, blessed with, with the family that I have. Right. There, there's so much there's a lot of negativity in the world in so many different areas today. Is it, is it tough being as positive as you are uh, well, most of the time? I mean, I think that's what I've grown up around, you know, with, with my parents. I mean, and that's where it starts. It starts with, with your, your home situation. And, and my parents, you know, have, are, are such positive people and, um, and people of faith and perseverance um, that they instill those qualities in my sister and I. Um, that we're, we're going to work hard and we're going to persevere and we're going to maintain a positive attitude. Um, and so I've just kind of been around that and then was a, in a great situation, especially at Messiah, to be around that family environment too. And then with my coaching staff that, that I'm with now and the coaching staff that I've had in the past. Like I've been so blessed, again, from day one that I've stepped you know into Catoctin to be around people that have the same the same philosophy. Um, Mike Valentine, who is our, our uh, booster president, he's been with me since day one. His daughter uh, was a senior on the very first team that I coached, and he's still with me. He's still helping, um, you know, run the clock or whatever we need him to do. Um, so I'm just surrounded by really good people that have a similar philosophy, being positive, trying to make a positive impact um, in young people's lives. So as a, as a mother, as a coach, is, uh, are, are you worried about how much negativity there is in the world? Uh, well, again, these days? I, you can't control, you can't control it. Control it. Yeah. Again, it comes down to the coffee bean. Right. Yep. And again, I don't I do not always get it right. And one of the things I love many things about my husband, but my husband is the first one to call me out. He'll either say, hey, sounds like you're off the bus right now. That was his saying last year when it was all, you know, be, get on the bus. He sounds like you aren't. you have a flat tire and you're off the bus. Or, hey, you're not being a coffee bean right now. And he holds me accountable. And when you're surrounded by people that love you, um, they're going to keep you accountable. And so I don't have every day where I'm positive. I have days where I'm negative. But I'm then surrounded by people that remind me, you need to be positive. And we focus on the good things. Even in your worst day, there is something to be positive about. Um, I do it with my health class. I like to start my day with highs of the day. We go around the room and share anything good that's happened. So even if it's a bad day, what, what can we focus on that's going right? Um, and I think if you do that, you're, you're going to continue to persevere because you're not focused on the negative stuff and the things you can't control. Right. And, and you're, like you say, you're lucky at Catoctin. Do you get Coach Williams, a perpetually positive person? Coach Mike Franklin. Coach Franklin, Mike yeah. Franklin, a perpetually positive person. So, and again, they're you, family to me. You, like are, when you, I, you are surrounded by it. Yeah. And when I say family, I'm, I'm, my coworkers are family, my, my, my team's family. It's, it's that very nurturing environment. And, and so many people to learn from and so many people that will uh, remind you the importance of persevering and staying positive. So I've learned a lot up there and, and hopefully I'm able to continue to pass that on to, to players. Right. I don't mean this to sound hokey, but you're the classic when life hands you a lemon, make make lemonade person. Absolutely. Because, yeah. again, it goes back to the flat tire. You're, you're not going to go anywhere until you change it. So we're, we're going to change the tire. We're going to be a coffee bean. What do we want to, to come out of us? Is it faith? Is it perseverance? Is it work ethic? Those are the things that you can control because we're all going to have situations in life. You know, Coach Franklin says we're, we're all one phone call away from hitting our knees, and it's true. Life can change in, in, in an instance. Yeah, um, Kobe Bryant. I know, Kobe Bryant. Heartbreaking. So uh, Yeah, as a basketball coach and someone who probably watched yeah. and admired Kobe for a long time, how, how did that news hit you? 
heartbreaking too. Not not just from that standpoint, from a basketball standpoint, but as a mom. I mean, yeah, was, they were going to a youth basketball. Yeah, game. and there was there was three young girls, you know, on on that helicopter. That you know, moms, dads. I mean, there was parents. So, man, we've uh, you know we we've been praying for them, and we will continue to do so. Kobe was also a huge advocate for women's sports and women athletics. Just just not basketball. Yeah, he, he just said that the top WNBA players could hang in the in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he was a huge advocate for for uh, women's sports, which, you know, when you have, again, someone that's using a platform um, and you can use it for anything, he was using it in, in a, a very positive way. Right. Uh, and he, he overcame the legal trouble that he was in. And, and people that might color people's opinion of him, the, the legal trouble. Did you sort of sour on Kobe under, during that whole episode? Or, or? Um, I was fairly young, I think, yeah. when all that happened and don't necessarily right. know all the details. Right, yeah. Um, but um, I look at the good that, that he has done. Again, I don't think I know uh, all the details of the past to comment on that. but. Right. Um, but appreciative that he was an advocate for for women in, in athletics. Right. Yeah. Who were your big influences growing up? I'm a huge Pat Summit fan. That that from from a coaching standpoint, I mean, she is the best of the best. Um, I was fortunate enough to get to meet her in, in our office. I have a, a signed message from her that I often read if I'm having one of those days where I need a little motivation. Were you were you a coach? Or when when did you meet Pat? Um, I met her when I was in high school. And then she actually sent me a, a note when she found out that I got a coaching position. Um, if, again, how things kind of fall into place. There was a family at our church, um, and they were had a family member that lived in Tennessee that was really good friends with her. And I got to know Mr. Radu very well. Um, kind of became like another grandparent. And he would always send me clippings and would keep me updated and would talk to Pat frequently. Um, and so I got to go down and see a game when I was in high school, but, and I've read all her books, but what I loved about her again was she was all about life lessons and relationships and connecting and pulling, you know, she said, you know how I'm going to beat you. I'm going to outwork you. And again, that's a life lesson. It doesn't, you know, ability, talent, intelligence. Sometimes it comes down to, to the person that's going to work the hardest and maintain a positive attitude and persevere in the process. And I think she, she embodied all of that. So you had your father, of course, you had Pat, Pat, were there there other big role models that you had? Uh, And then my mom, I mean, my mom is such a strong uh, woman, my grandmother, my nanan, who unfortunately is, is no longer with us. Um, uh, just good people, good human beings that that worked hard. I mean, my mom still works incredibly hard. I keep trying to talk her into retiring, but she doesn't want to. Um, Wait, so wait, your dad's at home all day, retired, well, and your mom's still out there working? No, right? Uh, no, but dad, dad works hard. He he uh, helps us get the kids on the bus. He's averaging ten miles a day walking. Yeah, it's um, great. He'll run errands for my mom. He'll help us out if we need errands run. So. He uh, he still is is working in in some way. What does your mother do? Uh, my mom works for FCPS actually. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, so you're so all you're all in education. My, yeah, my sister's a teacher. My brother-in-law's a teacher. I mean, we're we're all in FCPS. So you, you didn't. So you didn't have a choice in this thing. You were going to be. A, <laughs> you, you were going to be a teacher. I I wanted to. I just didn't know if I wanted to do PE or history because okay. my dad was a history teacher and I, I love history, but. PE, being active, sports. I mean, it, that's it's, my passion. It's, it's in your blood. It's in so. my blood. Amy Entwistle, uh, thanks for coming in. This was a lot of fun. and Continued success uh, to you and your team this season. Thank so. you so much. I appreciate it. All right. And appreciate all of you uh, for tuning into this episode. Thanks to producer Graham Cullen uh, for putting it all together. And uh, we will be back next week here on The Final Score with another episode. I look forward to uh, chatting with you then. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.